Sorry. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Has the biblical Gog and Magog war begun? That's the headline covering from the Jerusalem Post today. Another, the New York Post, declares Russia declares cyber war on the U.S., Another, Putin's dreams of world power are over. Yet another says, even if incrementally, Putin hopes to restore Russia to superpower status. Then Israel National News declares, the NATO alliance isn't enough. We need a cyber alliance. But the president of Belarus declares and warns of a third world war and prepares to send troops. All of that here today on Viewpoint, but that's just the start. Oh, my dear friends, that is just the start. Because what we're going to share with you here on Viewpoint today is confirming everything that we have been saying concerning this for the last week and a half or two weeks. That's right. Even before the invasion of Ukraine took place, we've been talking about why This is taking place. You see, it's not just what is happening. It's why it is happening. What's the end game? What are the motivations? And is it possible that notwithstanding individual nations' motivations, that there is a much bigger picture that is developing? From Israel National News came this headline, Ukraine and the end of history. Ukraine and the end of history. What could that possibly mean? You see, that's just hyperbole. Or is it? Mike Pompeo writes, Of cascading set of calamities, the Ukraine invasion uh, invasion causing a cascading set of calamities. Well, what one person thinks is a calamity may appear to another to be a blessing. Is it a calamity to Russia that the price of oil just went over $113 a barrel today? A record peak? Is that a negative thing to Vladimir Putin and Russia? No, that's the most positive thing they could ever hope for. It's only negative to Europe and America and the Western world. You see, viewpoint really does determine destiny. And how we choose to look at this dilemma that is taking place, the debacle or dilemma, whatever you want to call it, with Russia's attack on Ukraine, has everything to do with the future of our world. Not just the future of the world in a general historical sense, Is it the end of history or the beginning of history? Is it the end of a particular kind of history? Or is it the beginning of a new kind of history? And what does it have to do with biblical prophecy? You see, that's really the issue. Where does it fit in the greater panoply of God's purposes? We'll find out. 
where this is heading here on Viewpoint today. And I'm so glad that you've joined us. It's conversation, as always, with uh, ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. You say, well, how could this conversation concerning Ukraine and Russia and the Western world and all of these things, the debacle there over there in Ukraine, how could that possibly affect me? How could it possibly affect my life other than increasing the cost of oil and gas? My dear friend, it's that kind of short-sighted thinking that actually is the reason why we're on the air. Because if you listen to the news media, it's almost impossible. I don't care what news media you listen to, it's almost impossible to get any clear-hearted, clear-minded understanding of the dynamics of what is taking place and how it will affect we the people. And realize that In America, it's not just America as some sort of a global governmental entity. No, it's we the people. That's what God is concerned about. The first three words of our Constitution, they're the preamble declare we the people. Save America Ministries, it sponsors this program, is not about a governmental institution or a corporate institution called the United States of America. It's about a people, we the people. As a voice to the church, declaring vision for the nation in America's greatest crisis hour, a message to we the people. And the reason for that is that the whole message of the Bible is a message. It is not a book of information. Oh, there's lots of information in that book, but it's not about information. From the beginning to the end, it's about transformation. It's about changed lives. It's about a completely new understanding of the world, our lives, how we are to live. And if you were to read the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, you would discover in the great faith chapter what it's all about. Why did Abraham leave Ur of the Chaldees at at 75 years of age? Why did he have to endure 25 years of God's promise concerning a son when he had none before he got a son, and then when the son turned a teenager, he was told by God to offer him up on Mount Moriah as a sacrifice? Why did those things happen? The Bible tells us that Abraham believed God, and it counted it was imputed to him for righteousness. Do you believe God? Uh, don't answer too quickly. If you read the book of Hebrews chapter 11, you will discover a level of belief translated into action. By the way, that is what faith is. Faith is acting on the word of God. And when we find that the Bible calls us to a kind of action by faith, then our world changes. We are lifted out of the world as we know it, and we're lifted into another realm called the kingdom of God. 
Jesus said that we should seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all the other things would be added unto us. The unfortunate thing is that we're much more prone to seek first the kingdoms of this earth, to seek first what's going on here on temper, uh, uh, on the planet, on this planet, rather than understanding the greater picture and panoply and purposes of the God who made the planet. Now, that having been said, we're going to shift now back because we're going to need all the time that we can get to take a look at what's happening uh, in Ukraine and why it is happening. Why is it that the architect of the Great Reset is backing Ukraine? There's a reason, friends, why the World Economic Forum chairman, Klaus Schwab, is backing Ukraine. And it's not because he feels nice about Ukraine. We'll be back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Klaus Schwab has much bigger ideas in his mind than tender feelings about Ukraine. The World Economic Forum chairman, Klaus Schwab, has thrown his support behind Ukraine, vowing to do, quote, whatever is possible to help the country against Russian aggression. Well, the majority of the people on the planet can understand that, and certainly in the Western world, uh, would embrace that. But what is he really thinking? During a February 2020 speech to the World Economic Forum, which took place just a few months before the World Economic Forum's controversial Great Reset meeting, Ukrainian President Zelensky called for Western investors to become the stakeholders, stakeholders or shareholders of the success of a new Ukraine. He said Ukraine was a place where miracles come true. Now, the Great Reset calls for the creation of an entirely new foundations for our economic and social systems and a set, a reset of capitalism. Critics, however, have accused it of being a globalist plot to increase the power of governments and implement a new global economic order. My dear friend, that's exactly why Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum is backing Ukraine. It's not about Ukraine. It's about using this development as a means for advancing the cause of the new global order, which he refers to as the Great Reset, with Joe Biden having based his original campaign for the presidency on using the theme of Build Back Better as his campaign theme. Where did that theme come from? Klaus Schwab, 
and the World Economic Forum. So Joe Biden is in the pocket of the World Economic Forum and the entire vision for a new world order. You have to understand that. It's not about America. It's about the merger of America with all of the Western nations into a new conglomerate as an antithesis to Russia and China. And yes, even the Islamic world. This is a very big deal. Here's what the Hungarian president, Viktor Orban, said. He says, what we're about to see is a tyranny greater than this pandemic, the pandemic that we've been experiencing. He's long been recognized as someone who was a renegade there in Europe, a leader not willing to submit to a globalist agenda or mandates from the established power structure. And he's a Christian. He's warning that the COVID-19 pandemic was just a prelude to a serious stress test. That's what he calls it, a serious stress test that will be coming from the United Nations and the World Economic Forum. And so he cited the UN's Agenda 2030 campaign and charged that it is nothing less than global government tyranny that enslaves all of humanity. Now, don't take this language lightly, my friend. As we're going to find here today on Viewpoint, this is becoming the more well-understood motivation behind the Western world now with regard to Ukraine. Yes, indeed, trying to protect Ukraine as an innocent, somewhat innocent, it's a country full of horrific graft and corruption, but in comparison to Russia and Russia's desire to expand and take over countries surrounding that used to be part of the USSR, it's relatively innocent. That is Ukraine. And so the Western world gloms onto that, and it looks also defensible, which in that sense it is. Who in their right mind in the Western world would root for, cheer on Vladimir Putin and Russia in its attack unfettered attack, unjustified attack on Ukraine. No. But friends, if we only look at those elements, we miss the bigger picture. And on this program, we deal not with just who, what, where, and when. We deal with why. And why is the most important question of all? Please understand, why is the most important question of all? And so, <clears throat> Israel National News came out with a piece 
today called Ukraine and the End of History. Ukraine and the End of History. Now, don't form any opinions yet about what the end of history is meant. The words end of history. But as you listen to the excerpt that I share with you from this article, you're going to begin to see, indeed, that what we've been saying here on this program is indeed not only real, but has become actually the the great trajectory of human history that is unfolding right before our eyes to unveil the fullness of biblical prophecy before the second coming of Christ. Now, in the summer of 1989, the American magazine called The National Interest published an essay titled The End of History. The author was a political scientist, Francis Fukuyama. You might have heard of him. And he announced that the great ideological battles between East and the West were over and that Western liberal democracy had triumphed. The ascendancy of Western liberal democracy would not only end the Cold War, but would lead to a general calming in world affairs, he said. Fukuyama claimed that humanity has reached not just the passing of a particular period of post-war history, but the end of history as such. The end point of mankind's ideological evolution and the universalization of Western liberal democracy as the final form of human government. Now, if those words haven't captured your imagination yet and jerked your mental and moral and Christian chain, I'm going to share them again. Fukuyama claimed that humanity has reached not just the passing of a particular period of post-war history, but the end of history as such. The end point of mankind's ideological evolution and the universalization of Western liberal democracy as the final form of human government. The final form of human government. Now, what's he talking about here? Well, this is the kind of salvation that George W. Bush was promoting during his regime as president. He thought that he could save the world through importing or exporting democracy. Now, the democracy that he was exporting had nothing to do with trusting God. It had nothing to do with the internal values, biblical values that lay at the foundation of the country. Rather, it was the new, uh, more fleshly human values that were attached to the concept of humans determining their own destiny by voting uh, through democracy. The power of the people. Now, on the one hand, we could say, well, what's wrong with that? But on the other hand, our founders thought it was a terrifying idea. They thought that unfettered democracy was the worst of all forms of government. Why? 
because they knew that humankind was fundamentally sinful, as the Bible portrays. They knew that from human experience and from history. And they didn't play play pretend that it wasn't true because of political correctness, multiculturalism, and religious pluralism. No, they looked at the facts, and they said, this is true. Now, they understood that to be true whether or not they were Christians. Because facts are facts. Truth is truth. And so they said, look, we're forming a government, not a pure democracy. Democracies are dangerous because if the people are not righteous, do not fear God, they will become tyrants. And the collectivization of a people who do not fear God, who have no authority over them and respect no authority over them, a divine authority who will bring them to account at some point, they will become the world's worst tyrants, amalgamating together. And they said, this is exceedingly dangerous, and we cannot and will not have such a form of government. And so they gave us a republic. You remember Benjamin Franklin, uh, as he came out of the Constitutional Convention there uh, in Philadelphia, a woman asked him, uh, Mr. Franklin, what kind of government have you given us? And he said, a republic, ma'am if you can keep it. Well, who's trying to get rid of the republic today in America? One political party, the Democrat Party. They despise the republic aspect of our country. They want a pure democracy. That's why they want to get rid of the electoral college. Every single aspect of checks and balances in this country they despise. They want the absolute unfettered popular rule of the people without any checks or balances. That is the tent, the trend now of so-called democracy in the entire world, the entire Western world, the so-called Christian Europe so-called Christian America. That is the democracy, friends, that Francis Fukuyama was talking about. That was taking over the world and becoming the final expression of human government, the ultimate evolution of human government. So he called it the end of history. And that thesis was... It had sort of a ring of truth to it. That is, until Russia invaded the Ukraine, seemingly out of nowhere, challenging the almost uncontested given in current modern intellectual thought. The notion that nations of the world would all adopt a kind of liberal democratic model and join together in a fraternal bond of human society seems to have been largely overlooked by Russia and Vladimir Putin. That's not their viewpoint. The expectation that the end of history is the end point of mankind's ideological evolution seems more than ever farther from the truth. But not quite. What this is setting up, friends, is 
the final battle stage between the Western world, the resurrected Roman Empire, all the Western nations, the resurrected Roman Empire, and a contrary viewpoint, such as Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping in China, and also the Muslim world. That is setting up a three- or four-fold battle design. The forces now are coming together and being portrayed now, as we can see, the unfolding of the rose of biblical prophecy right in front of our eyes. The great one-world government of the West versus China, Russia, in the Islamic world. We'll be right back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. Saveus.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at saveus.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, saveus.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcasts live and archived. Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. Has the biblical Gog and Magog war begun? Well, that's what uh, Pat Robertson, founder of CBN, Christian Broadcasting uh, Service, and uh, the 700 Club said yesterday, he made an unusual and unexpected appearance on the Network 700 Club program on Monday to talk about why he believes the Russian-Ukrainian war might fit into biblical end-time prophecy. And he referred back to Ezekiel 38 and claims that God is setting ready, getting ready to do something amazing that will be fulfilled. Well, I do believe that God is getting ready to do something amazing. Whether it's exactly the way Pat Robertson lays it out is another story. But uh, at least he's seeing the bigger picture there and how some of these things are coming into play. He's not the only one. Right here on this program, you have been hearing about it. Many of you have had, I'm sure, have had a very hard time embracing you. You didn't want to hear it. You said, oh, but that's going too far. No, it's not going too far. As you're going to see as we continue on with the program today. Our viewpoint determines destiny, and if we don't see things from God's viewpoint, if we don't have a heavenly vision of things, rather than just an earthly vision, we're going to miss the most important aspects of history. History is God's story in the earth. It's his story. That's why we need to understand history. 
And those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. So what we have now that's coming into, that's emerging out of this Ukrainian situation is the real goals, purposes, trajectory of the Western world with regard to world government, control, some would say values, using the term loosely, certainly not Christian values, because the Western world doesn't really believe in Christian values. They're being repudiated by virtually all of the nations of the Western world. So the values that are being embraced are democracy. They're calling it liberal democracy. Not Christian values. Yet our founders in this country said, we will either be ruled or governed by a power within or by a power without, either by the Bible or by the bayonet. Our leaders today don't believe that. They believe that we can rule ourselves without being ruled by God. So the fear of the Lord has been abandoned in America for a very long period of time, and it has become a very hateful thing, even among professing Christians. Fear of the Lord? You've got to be kidding me. No, friends, that's the foundation of all righteousness. It's the foundation of the kingdom of God. It's the foundation and pre- pre- prerequisite to all of the promises of God, including salvation itself. So, if you don't understand that, you might want to consider getting a copy of my book, The Secret of the Lord. The Secret of the Lord. It's a hardbound book, a $20 book, yours for $15. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. You can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA. You can write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling the book, The Secret of the Lord. It's based upon Psalm 2514. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. And to them, and them only, will he manifest or show his covenant. And in that book, you will find, from beginning to end, the majority of the scriptures that portray the absolute essential of the fear of the Lord as an operative uh, essential, an operative essential in the life of every human being who expects to receive the blessing of God. And it's been missing. We virtually abandoned the concept of the fear of the Lord, even in our churches, now for about 40, 50 years now. Because of the church growth movement, the seeker-sensitive movement, and so on, it didn't market well. I urge you to get a copy of it because it will open your heart. It will open your eyes. It will help you, mom and dad, grandparents, to be able to more effectively parent your children. 
one of the premier reasons for the rebellion among children and youth in our country today, in fact, in the whole Western world, is because they have abandoned parents and grandparents and pastors have abandoned the fear of the Lord, will not teach it, and therefore the children fear nothing. They have no respect for their parents. They have no respect for God. Not really. They say they want to love God, but they don't want to respect and honor and obey him. So the word obey has become the most hated word in the church today. These things are not difficult to understand if we're willing to do so. Now let's go back to looking at the greater picture that is coming, emerging from the Ukrainian situation. Andy Schlafly had a piece that came out today called The Global Deep State's Ukrainian Debacle. That's interesting. The Global Deep State's Ukrainian Debacle. Now he's not talking about the deep state in America. He's talking about a global deep state. What's that all about? Well, here are some excerpts. Europeans do not want to merge with Ukraine, and most Ukrainians and Russians do not want that merger either. Yet the deep state has pressed for this fantasy until the horrible conflagration ignited. This is the so-called New World Order that leads nations into wars. In the United States and Western Europe, the unelected officials who comprise the deep state think they can force global alliances that are contrary to millennia of bonds and cultures. The deep state has wrongly promoted the European Union for everyone as a sort of one world government. Are you listening? This, my friends, is what Vladimir Putin sees. He doesn't buy that vision. He doesn't buy that view. But he sees Europe and America, the resurrected Western world Roman Empire, as competing existentially against Russia, and yes, even against China, to rule the world. And he said, I've let this go long enough. Now, I'm not trying to justify him. I'm just telling you the way he sees it. This is what Xi Jinping sees. This is why Russia, Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping in China, have now established an alliance together. to ward off what they perceive to be the growing effort to establish this godless, atheistic democracy through the Western world upon the rest of the world. They say, we don't want any part of that. Now, somebody provided a, uh, a headline reading... Vladimir Putin, is he unbalanced or cagely preying on the West fears? Friends, in my opinion, he's not unbalanced. He's cagely preying on the West fears, and he is absolutely committed to preventing this new rising Western world order, the resurrected Roman Empire, for 
controlling Russia, which he believes was destined to be a glorious state. That's his viewpoint. And he's bold. He's living it out. Representative Mike Waltz from Florida said the Russian invasion gave Europe a wake-up call. Wake-up call from what and to what, though? He said, I think we've had a real wake-up call across Europe, who has taken their security for granted and taken America for granted in terms of providing that security. But a silver lining in all of this is that President Vladimir Putin has scared the pants off the Europeans and maybe scared some sense into them. Yes, he scared them. But to what purpose has he scared them? In other words, what is the end result of their fear? The end result of their fear is to catapult all of these Western nations into the one world order. And that is the reason why Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum has embraced this uh, uh, war, uh, actually the protection of Ukraine, because he sees this as the moment to be seized to accomplish the great reset, which is a euphemism for the new world or one world government. But it doesn't stop there. The World Tribune told us today, actually uh, back on uh, February 27th, globalist Soros backs Ukraine. Now, why would George Soros back Ukraine? We need to talk about that when we get back, friends. Because all of this is now confirming exactly what we've been saying here on this program. And we need to take heed. Because it's setting the stage for the final events of world history to usher in not only Jesus Christ, but the Antichrist, who will rule that one world order. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a hard longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Atheistic democracy versus atheistic dictatorship. That's really what it amounts to. Atheistic democracy versus atheistic dictatorship. Putin, Xi Jinping, 
And yes, the Ayatollah, and yes, even Erdogan, heading up dictatorships. The New World Order, the Western World Order, being choreographed together by the likes of Charles Schwab, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Klaus Schwab, and Joe Biden, and John Kerry, and Hillary Clinton, and formerly Bill Clinton, and George Brown, formerly of the uh, uh, UK, all of them have been choreographing the world into this new global order, including Barack Obama. That was their vision, still is. A godless, atheistic democracy that could be united together as nations to unify them without, without absolute uh, fear of God. Now, they have to have some sort of religious thing to unite them. And that's where Pope Francis comes in. Because he has been choreographing and been calling for this new world order. He's seen to be the religious choreographer or choir director for the new world order. It's all taking place right in front of our eyes, friends. This should no longer be a mystery, certainly to the listeners to this program. But how about George uh, Soros? He is an atheist, a Jewish atheist. He has a lot of money. So why is the billionaire globalist, uh, George Soros, so interested in Ukraine? He can cloak his true intentions by arguing that he's simply defending democracy or whatever. But it's much deeper than that. Much deeper than that. Ukraine, particularly under current President Zelensky, has skewed significantly toward globalism. Zelensky publicly announced his support for Ukraine's entry into NATO and the European Union. European Union? 27 nations? Yes. And NATO? 30 nations? What is that about? It's about unifying the Western world, friends. Now, in and of itself, we historically thought that NATO was just going to protect us from the wickedness and dictatorial rule of communist Russia. That was its purpose. But now, those Western nations have themselves become virtually as godless as Russia. I mean, after all, Vladimir Putin is a member of the Russian Orthodox Church and believes that the Russian Orthodox Church is the third Rome and there will never be another. He doesn't see himself as godless. He doesn't see Russia as godless. He sees the Western world order as godless. 
He sees America as a moral degenerate country. It's hard for us to admit that, isn't it? We haven't been willing to admit that to ourselves. As the Scottish phrase says, would to God, the gift to give us, to see ourselves as others see us. So what is it that globalist George Soros has in mind now? Well, he's a globalist. He's embracing Ukraine because he sees Ukraine as a catalyst to usher in this new global world order that he is seeking to support. What does he do in America to support it? He tears down our godly institutions. That's what he does. He tears down law and order in America in order to destabilize the Christian foundations of this country so that we will be reduced in power and thereby be able to be drawn into and amalgamated into this glorious new world government, the Western resurrected Roman Empire. That's his vision. And he's putting his money where his mouth is. He's godless, and he's supporting atheistic democracy. Are you beginning to get the picture? As if that were not enough, now came this headline, Republican governors quietly embracing global health passport. Republican governors quietly embracing global health passport. It's called the Smart Health Card. 21 states have already either adopted or well down the road toward adopting it. It would be an app on your cell phone at first with a QR code that can be scanned to verify your identity and your vaccine history. The app will hand over your personal health information within seconds to whoever scans it. The system was developed in cooperation with MITRE, the quasi-military organization. This is the direction of the world, friends. This is the direction particularly of the Western world. toward control. This is not about freedom. This is about control. That's why Klaus Schwab, head of the World Economic Forum, said that we must take advantage as much as we can of the COVID situation and the so-called vaccines in order to set the stage for the complete great reset. It's not just a reset of capitalism, friends. It's a complete reset of the whole concept of Christian government. With man's best effort to save himself. 
It's a messianic movement. It's based on providing security and prosperity, and every one of the unions in the world that have been formed so far, the the uh, uh, globalist-type unions, and there are about 15 of them that have been in process of being formed, starting with the European Union, they are all based upon the theme security and prosperity, which is shall we say, a functional definition of shalom or peace. This is how the world, Satan, the enemy of your soul, intends to seduce you and all people on this planet into a godless trust in a godless government who will be ruled by Satan's personal emissary, who will present himself as the Prince of Peace, the one who will usher the world into its great salvation, security and prosperity and peace for all, gaining the kingdom by flattery, as the prophet Daniel foretold. To find out more about that fellow, you should read my book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. It's going to give you a picture of this situation in ways that perhaps you have never considered. $23 on our website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. Give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 232 If you're writing a check, add $5 for postage and handling. This is a big deal, what we're talking about here today. Now, NATO is calling for a cyber alliance, not just a governmental alliance, but a cyber alliance. NATO, 30 Western nations that include the EU, and other nations, a cyber alliance. All of this is about securing a godless democracy with a government that will be able to have absolute control over its citizens. There will be no privacy. Your security is based upon your trust in a godless world government, allegedly democratic at its heart. And let me conclude. This came, interestingly, from the Russian Times today. The end of an era. Russia's military intervention in Ukraine has spelled the end of an epoch in the state of global affairs after President Vladimir Putin launched the action last week. Its impact will be felt for years to come. But Moscow has positioned itself to, quote, become an agent of cardinal change for the whole world. 
That's exactly what he's done. He has choreographed, perhaps unwittingly, choreographed the entire Western world into a new, completely forming global order. The resurrected Roman Empire, just as the prophet Daniel foretold. While trying to secure his border and his vision, Vladimir Putin has actually catapulted or uh, choreographed the world, the Western world, into a position of unity, the likes of which has escaped their ability now for decades. The writer goes on to say the Russian armed forces operation in Ukraine marks the end of an era. It began with the fall of the Soviet Union and its dissolution in 1991. The current fight is being waged for strategically important territory. The old adage, history repeats itself, is evident when flicking from one media outlet to another. On one side, there's the exercise of classic hard power, which is guided by simple, unpolished, but plainly understandable principles, blood and soil, that's Vladimir Putin. On the other is a modern method of propagating interests and influence realized through a set of ideological, communicative, and economic tools which are effective, commonly referred to as values. Western values. Ukraine is the decisive test that will prove which of these approaches will reign victorious. Those who suspect that the consequences could be a great deal more profound than they thought are absolutely correct. But Russia has decided to put its strength to the test and at the same time has become an agent of cardinal change for the whole world. Thanks for joining us. Again, get a copy of The Secret of the Lord, also Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. On our website, saveus.org, give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA, and please reach out and begin to support what we're doing here. Don't wait for the other guy to do it. Let's join together. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.